0: Welcome to this special edition of Free Lunch Podcast, the GOP presidential debate two. Uh, this is your boy Tight Tight, one half of the Free Lunch Podcast duo. I have my boys with me. I have BG. What's yep. happening? And look, we
1: doing this again, bro. Debate number two, and I'm just gonna tell the Free Lunch Podcast family, I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We also we also have uh, you guys just heard and we got C. Frank Campbell with us. C. Frank Campbell, what's happening?
2: Man, what's going on, fellas? Glad to be back here one more time. But yo, yeah, man, we down here just trying to hear what these people talking about give our opinion. So what's up?
0: Uh, let's get right into it. This is what I heard today: Jeb Bush smokes weed. <laughs> Donald Trump is a bully. Ben Carson is the smartest person on the stage. Uh, there are too many people on stage. Fox News was more diverse in topics. Uh Donald Trump doesn't know anything about foreign policy. Chris Christie had the best soundbite. Nobody talked about Black Lives Matter. Uh Miss Carly Forina is uh just talks about, just jumps into conversations. Uh pick a topic, let's go from there. Uh, what do you guys or what did you guys think about tonight's debate?
1: Man, I was nauseous, man. That had me sick. My head started spinning. My stomach started turning, so I don't know if it was a debate or if I forgot to eat today. But um, there, there wasn't really anything that I that I got from it other than the Republicans don't believe that intellect is a faculty that you need to use in terms of making decisions. Ben Carson was giving his little spiel on on the the Middle East and, and strategy and somebody jumped in and said you don't need the you don't need the intelligence in a situation like that. And I think that really just sums up what this whole crap is about. That was Chris Christie.
0: Uh C Campbell, what's on your cotton picking P picking triple X rated misguided mind?
2: <laughs> Boy, you crazy! Um, I, I just man, I, I, I it was it was a few things on there that I heard, but honestly, I, I didn't get a whole lot of substance from this debate. Uh, I mean, I think if you listen to it, you like I said, Bill Carson probably did show the, probably the most intelligence in his answers, uh, as I'm gonna call him Donald Trump, Ye West. Listen to him; you think he's the greatest leader in, in the past uh, half century? Uh, but I just didn't really get a whole lot of substance, man, from it. Man, a few little things they started to touch on, but I, I just thought this was another episode of the Daily Show, man. To be honest with you. All right, so let's get a free lunch
0: podcast. Those that didn't see the debate, just some context and some uh, some perspective. So, uh, this is the GOP presidential uh, debate. This is the second debate that the GOP candidates have had. Um, they initially started with 16 candidates. They're down to uh, 15 candidates. Uh, Rick Perry has dropped out uh, from Texas. Uh, t- earlier today, uh, CNN conducted two debates. The first debate uh, was a smaller debate of only four candidates. Uh, those four candidates, uh, I can't even remember. Uh, I remember three of the four. I can't even remember the governor from, from New York's name. Uh, but Bobby Jindal from Louisiana, um, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, and then um, Rick Santorum from Pennsylvania won the initial debate. Uh, That debate lasted about an hour and a half, two hours, uh, and then they went to what they're calling the varsity debate, which had 11 participants on them. Uh, uh, Those individuals being uh, Rand Paul, Mike Huckabee, Senator Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, Donald Trump, Jeb Bush, Governor Scott Walker, Carly Fiorina, John Keish, Chris Christie, and then Taper. Uh, though uh, Jake Taper was the actual moderator for, uh, for CNN. Um, this was more of a debate compared to the Fox uh, election. However, uh, as we continue to talk about this, I do want to kind of bring out some of the differences that I saw between Fox and CNN. Uh, we like to have this particular special edition podcast because we like to provide our initial thoughts, our initial reactions to uh, to the debate, minus the input from the so-called experts from CNN, MSNBC, NBC, or Fox. Uh, we like to talk about the things that we heard and that what we saw. Uh, A few other things I wanted to point out was, uh, just in general, um, some of the topics and the majority of the topics kind of went along this line. Um, They started off with uh, basically attacking uh, Donald Trump. Um, That actually appeared to be a topic, um, which was to attack Donald Trump. They kind of went into the Iran nuclear deal. They talked about the refugees. Um, Then they talked about... uh, what is it, Planned Parenthood, gay marriage, and um, the Kim Davis lady over in Kentucky. They talked about immigration. They talked about jobs. And we found out that Jeb Bush smoked marijuana 40 years ago. Uh, I just said a lot, uh, (laughs) but it was a lot that I didn't say. Um, And this is really kind of the direction I want to take the debate, because the topic I want to pose tonight is, is black America in trouble? There was no topics around um, police, gun violence. There was no conversation around Black Lives Matter. Uh, Fox did cover those topics, which I that's the reason why I said they had a more diverse conversation, but that wasn't dis- uh, discussed on this particular debate. Um, so, just some of your initial thoughts, and then we'll go into the meat and the potatoes of what I want to talk about, which are issues that kind of face our audience members and our peer group
1: i actually went about the debate a little bit different um i was uh, traveling i was on the road so i was um looking for the debate on on the radio and um it took me a good little while uh to to actually find it and um to talk about black black i guess the community being in trouble you know coming out of that particular area, none of the major radio stations were were covering it. So, you know, I I, I thought about that just as like um, people having an opportunity or access to certain elements of information. And it's like, okay, well, what about those people that might not have access to a television at this moment in time? Are they privy to seeing what these people are talking about? And for it to be so difficult for me to access it on the radio, I think it really speaks to, like, this, this, I guess, this segregation that goes on with something as simple as information as it relates to what's going on in the country. And when you pair that up with the whole debate not talking about anything dealing with the black community, not anything dealing with those issues that uh, confront the people that live in the area, the Black Belt area of Alabama, it's like nobody really is, is taking into consideration our place and our position in this country as citizens. And so it, it really just added to my my ailment to see this, the second debate, the second time around, and we're still not really readily addressing issues that pertain to me. See,
0: what's on your cotton-picking, P-picking, triple-X-rated, misguided? Mine.
1: I was a few minutes late
2: getting to it myself, but I ended up, uh you know, pulling it up on the live broadcast on my phone um, and then getting back to the house and, and listening to the rest of it and I was in a meeting you know at the initial debate so I kind of just got bits and pieces I was trying to listen um and, and you know multitask and kind of you know just from what I heard from the initial sound bites like you said at the beginning it was really just the candidates going back and forth taking jabs with Donald Trump is everybody reacting to all the comments he's made and you know I, I heard a I was reading an article earlier this week and it's like, you know, I think it was very truthful in saying, you know, that, you know, is, is Trump deserving? I mean, like, is Trump really that popular or is it, you know, the media giving him much more attention? We, we, can, we can debate that later. But moving on, I mean, there was some some topics discussed, like you said, according to Iran, the nuclear deal and um, the Syrian refugees. And you know, there was a little bit on gun control, very minor things on job creation. Um, everybody wanted to have their two cents on immigration. Um, but I didn't really see a whole lot of substance in any of those answers, nor in any of the topics. And as far as and black people, yeah, we in trouble. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's, it's going to take us standing up against some leadership, um, where that comes from. I don't know if it's one person or a bunch of individuals, but we got we got to have somebody speaking up for us, and we, we got to speak up for ourselves more. Than anything, but yeah, we in trouble because uh, nobody on this this panel uh, even brought it up, uh, let alone Uncle Ben over there. And um, you know, it's, it's 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 gonna take take it's gonna take something, man. But I, I don't know what. We better start watching out what's going on because uh, we are not to say anybody's doing thing against us. The only think we being thought about, and that's 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 even more dangerous than even uh, people pl- plotting against you.
1: That boy say Uncle Ben. But I I but then the question is like really are the are the everyday American people as a whole in trouble. You know, when they spend 45 minutes talking about immigration and building the wall to Mexico. And then with the Middle East. And we talk about all these things, but we don't talk about or they're not talking about. The things that affect everyday people. Like you say, job creation, wages, healthcare. We we're not talking about their focus is on repealing healthcare, taking away certain aspects of the healthcare that people have have obtained over the last few years. So it's like you know, we always say the topic when America has a cold, the black community has a pneumonia, I think that's gonna be brand true because the things that affect us as average people is not getting any play on these national debates.
0: Well, I I, I will beg to differ on that on that on that second piece that you stated, BG, um, because we they did talk about jobs and they did talk about wages. They may not have gone into um, the actual policies. I think Chris Christie. Uh, there was a moment when they did talk about jobs. Uh, that was a kind of the volleying back and forth between. Um, uh, Donald Donald Trump and um, Carly uh, Fiorona, um, but um, Chris Christie kind of made his. That's when I basically said the soundbite, which I think may have been the soundbite of the entire debate, where he tried to bring the focus back to the to the average American. Um, that's the construction worker and right. and that kind of thing. So the, the 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 difference between the point that you just made, and then they talked about wages too and how. Um, ben Carson did kind of mention that he was for the, raise, the raising of uh, indexing uh, the, the minimum wages or what have you. The problem that I have and the question, again, that I raise is not only for this group of, 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 of candidates, and the reason why I say it's Black American in Trouble, because this also applies to the Democratic uh, candidates, but when you go an entire debate and uh, the issues that the quote-unquote Black Lives Matter folks have, have tried to raise and, and the police killing unarmed black men, and, and that's not discussed on a CNN debate, much less um, on a Fox debate, but on a CNN debate, that, that, that worries me. Um, and that worries me because... At a minimum, they do bring up jobs and they do talk about the wages, but it just shows how they talked about gay marriage and they talked about Kim Davis and Mike Huckabee got extremely passionate, essentially comparing and even in the first debate, Bobby Jindal and those folks trying to make the comparison of of Kim Davis to MLK, you know, and standing up for justice. You know, Kim Davis being the, the, the Kentucky uh, county clerk that was elected that refused to sign the uh, marriage ce- uh, light certificate uh, for, for gay individuals. But making that comparison, but, but you have the, the social activists and the Black Lives Matter folks and you have our current leadership that, uh, that ignore uh, or that ridicule the, the GOP candidates. Um, and then they highlight the issues that are going on in Black America, which is great, but they have strategically failed to even
2: get on the agenda. Yeah, Ty, I was going to say, Ty, if you could, I, I would really want to know, because I, I, I didn't get an opportunity to really hear the, uh, as you call it, the, the, the JV uh, debate. What did, uh, did Bobby, my real name, Pius Jendel? Uh, really
0: talk about well, uh, well here's my thoughts to that first off and, I, and I'll answer your question directly but first off uh, it, it, it's about time to de- dwindle down these numbers there's absolutely too many candidates in this debate um, and I would make the, the recommendation that the four candidates on the JV uh, on the JV debate as well as uh, Rand Paul um, politely exit stage left um, because at this point in, in time it's really, it's really time to get down to the meat and the potatoes of what of of who, of who are the real candidates um, so that would be my recommendation for, for those five candidates um, again that would be the four candidates at the JV debate, Lindsey Graham uh, Bobby Jindal Uh, Rick Santorum, and the governor of New York, um, who I failed to even know his name, uh, and Rand Paul. Uh, But to answer your question, uh, Bobby Jinder was making his hardest plow to stay relevant. Um, uh, Obviously, he attacked Donald Trump. Not only did he attack Donald Trump, he made very um, strong—he's very conservative— um, he made very strong, strong statements around his faith and his beliefs in regards to uh, immigration as well as in regards to the Kim Davis and the county clerk. Uh, so he stood on his Republican, and then he also talked about how it's time to get those established polit- Republican politicians that are in Washington out and how he would be the perfect a replacement for those individuals where he come in and he can bring hope and a change. I
1: think this is one of the um, examples of um, the propagandist American media in his, in its finest hour. Um, how, how do we even decide who are the JV and who are the varsity candidates?
0: I can tell you how to get So It's based on the polling. It's based on how they're faring in the caucuses, right? So mm-hmm. the top two candidates Um, Right now in Iowa, um, surprisingly, are Donald Trump and Ben Carson, uh, J.F. Bush. So it's based off what they do is they establish a deadline. Um, I believe in this case it was Monday. Uh, They would take the very final polling um, in in that area, and then the top 11 candidates qualify for the varsity um, debate, which is the second debate. Um, The bottom half of those individuals um, are required to participate, if they like, in the JV debate. So the goal of really the bottom people and what the um, Carly uh, Fiorina, uh, I'm, I'm totally mispronouncing her name. Fiorina. Yeah, Fiorina. Thank you. Basically, that first debate, she saw a significant jump, and now she qualified for the first debate. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah,
1: it does, And then, but what it does reflect is that, it, and then it, all of this is just us assuming that the the CNN and the Fox News are reflecting those numbers in a true and accurate way, and then they can set this stage and have those people talk about you know whatever their particular platforms are, and as we see, they can strategically place these questions and a, a um, and basically set the dialogue, so they determine what the questions are, and they determine if they want to ask a question about Black Lives Mattering or, or not ask that question. For me, every time we have one of these things, it's 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 planting a seed into a certain section of the American society, I and agree. it's an it's an incomplete seed, and I think that's a disservice to. All of us as American citizens, because now we're focusing on making the making Mexicans and the Mexican border our enemy. we're supposed to be afraid of everything that's going on in Iran, like we ain't in the hell developing no weapons you We try to paint this picture like we're the only ones that ain't doing that, and then everybody around us is active i i it, I think it just really gives an incomplete picture and it's another strategy to get people all twisted up. And, and put in a position to make wild and, and uh, crazy decisions.
0: But see, this is why I disagree with you at OBG. I think it just it paints the picture of how irrelevant the Black Lives Matter folks are within 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 America. Oh, for sure, for sure. Strategically. That's what I think the issue is. For sure. I mean, when you can have gay marriage and you can have all of these other issues on the agenda, which I think are determined... To your point, by the candidates, and then also essentially by the American people, uh, the, uh, what does that say about the image that the Black Lives Matter, or our, or whoever our current leadership is, the political influence that they have in
2: in in politics? It's kind of the same concept that you see with social media. Black Lives Matter ain't, is, ain't, ain't, ain't ain't the YouTube video that's getting the most hits right now. I Man, mean, you know, back when black. last year, when we had it on every news channel, you couldn't help but talk about it, but people did, still didn't really want to talk about it. But because gay marriage is getting the most hits because immigration, because all this stuff is coming up because of what some of the candidates have said, that's what's getting the most hits. And so while we had a, a short spark, with Black Lives Matter, like I said, this country, we still not. Black people are still not valued as full Americans in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, we, we all were born here, this and that, but we still that there is a stigma that that's, that still hangs over the United States and hangs over Black people sometimes. So, you know, while we had a spark, we we just not getting the popular here right now. So that's why I, I just don't think we're going to see it. And unless there's something dramatic happens, it's not going to be an issue on either side, whether it's Democrats, Republicans, or whoever else.
0: No, I wouldn't agree with that statement that 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 black folks aren't fully valued, as you stated. Oh uh, no, they're not full Americans. I, I would say that that their votes not respected, uh, because I think at the end of the day, if that was they are these are politicians, and I'm probably completely wrong in this thought because. So feel free to feel free to to correct me if you think I'm wrong, but um, I think that if it was that these are politicians and they are addressing the quote-unquote high priority political issues, so I don't think that that they feel as though black lives don't matter. I just don't think that they see it as, I don't think that they, it shows a sign of lack of respect for the vote.
2: But I, I still think in some sectors because if I mean, if you still look at the issues we're still having, the issues people were having 50 years ago. Um, now everybody's got more access to, to media stuff and we can talk about this in another show, but I still think that there is a certain value that is placed on a black life. I mean, not not saying that people don't matter, we have a lot, of, a lot of people that make accomplishments and things of that nature. Uh, it's just in terms of as a black person sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just harder. Uh, but that's just my, my, that's my personal view on it, um, my personal take on it. It's just it's harder for us to be valued in a lot of different areas. And you are right when it comes to voting. Our votes sometimes don't really matter as much to people. Our, um, our dollar signs matter in, in a lot of in certain areas. Uh, but when it comes to our thoughts and ideas, sometimes politically, it's not valued the same.
1: And, and that's one of the problems with this conservative arm of our, um, of our country is that um, oftentimes that conservatism is also um, comparable to su- supremacy. Um, you can even hear it in the language when they talk about the immigrants, they use words like them and 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 put this stigma on immigrants but at in the same breath like this country was built on immigration and immigrants and people coming over to this country and establishing them, themselves and so it's like okay well back in the day it was good enough for my family to get a to get a start and to make a new life but now that my family and I am established now nobody else can do that and so that's one of the things that, that we have to look at when we, we, we hear these representatives that talk about a conservative type of agenda is um, is making sure that that supremacy doesn't find its way into their policy into the way that they um, deal with the people
0: that's a very good point I think I agree with that hundred percent what you just said what but but even if we look at the, the Democratic, um, candidates uh, I think they talk about the Black Lives Matter and, and I'm kind of disappointed that they haven't had a debate yet I, I absolutely think that they should have a debate because I don't think that they should assume that one candidate or the other or the other has won a debate but I, I I'm still interested in seeing how they do and how they're perceived um, around black agenda? And, and then the, I guess the next question would be, does black America even have an agenda? <laughs> you know, what what, what would we want to see on, on the political stance outside of hashtag Black Lives Matter?
2: That's a very valid question. If it's something that a movement that we're trying to pursue, if it is a, a goal, a political goal, an economic goal, an educational goal, you know, what is that? Have we sat down to strategize? Are, are, are we mobilizing in the communities? Are we having discussions in the homes, in the churches, in the school systems, at the cookouts and things like that to really figure out what is it that we as a as, as a people, a people of color in this country want? Um, do they align with things that other underrepresented folks or what? Uh, the, the nation considers minorities want, you know, are, are we stronger together or do we need to make a move by ourselves? Those are very good questions. Um, Democrats, you know, like I said, Democrats are going to always, I think, tend to want to jump on and mention those things, but even then, so are they using the same tactics that we just talked about with, uh, with, with, with the Republicans and the conservative candidates? Are they just hopping on to something they figure is a hot topic to get votes? Uh, is, is it really mean that much to them or is it, you know, is it just is, is this a topic? So that's a very good question. So I think with Democrats, you know, they make said, okay, while we in office right now, I think they need to start speaking to the nation and figure out what's going on. I mean, the person that we, we still don't know if running, yes or no, Joe Biden, I think has probably made some of the most valid comments and some of the most genuine comments about things, even though he still not made up his mind yet. So it's like, you know, I think we need to hear from the other side. But we need to hear from more sides than just Democrats and Republicans, too, in this thing. So this is my, my take on that.
0: Can I ask both of y'all two, some questions? Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to name a few candidates. I'd like to get your thoughts and your opinions uh, of these candidates. Uh, the first person I'm going to ask you is Carly Fiorina. <laughs> you ride with her a lot today. That
1: was your favorite. <laughs> today, no,
0: no, 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 no. That was not actually. She was not my favorite. This was my first time actually sit here and seeing her in action, and I was very, very, very disappointed and very disturbed by <laughs> by her presentation today. And but Someone, I I, oh. I want to see if it's me. <laughs> because of the way i feel about her performance or or I, I wanted to get you guys general reaction um if you want to hear my thoughts I could definitely tell you
1: you know like i said i didn't I didn't visualize the debate i was only hearing the audio on the radio so it seemed like it it did it did feel like she was out of place and it felt like she was representing women okay I feel like they had to arrange her put her in there so that women could be Represented in there. From what I heard, she does have a background in business. It sounds like she was um, CEO of Hewlett Packard (HP) at one point in time. But um, when it got down to some of the issues um, that really kind of give us an idea of where she stood on the topics that were laid out today, it was real empty. It seemed like she spent more time (laughs) debating directly with Trump, and I guess that's because they both come both come from business. Backgrounds, but she didn't seem to really be presidential. I guess for lack of a better term.
2: Um, coming from being, I guess, former CEO of, of Hewlett Packard and another tech company before that, um, you know, maybe she was successful there. But like I said, I think more so it was just for an entertainment value for her to go back and forth with Trump tonight, while she was added onto this debate. As far as anything of substance, she made a few brief moments that could have sparked an ember, but nothing really of substance. And I do think that they put her there just because you you, you have such a strong candidate on the Democratic side as Hillary Clinton, or such a visible and more prominent candidate as Hillary Clinton, than you have an Elizabeth Warren on that side of the House. So they had to find somebody. And like I say the, the answer she gave, I consider myself somewhat of a military historian like you know like like to learn a lot about the military i mean those answers she gave about the the numbers in terms of the brigades and platoons and the number of ships is like you know she was very well coached in that answer very well coached in like she went to wikipedia or looked at a book and somebody told her get these answers that'll make you seem like you know something about the military um nothing of substance in that answer and i just felt like I said she was there just to to make a statement for women to have somebody to represent women on the conservative side.
0: So, so let's be fair. She earned her way to the debate. She wasn't placed there given <laughs> that, that position that was given to her based on the our caucus and, and, and her, she's act, like I said, she's actually had one of the highest percentages increases outside of Ben Carson. So I do want to be fair um, in, in that statement. However, I I thought she was absolutely rude. Um, I thought she, uh, and when I say rude, um, when the moderator and other candidates were talking, she continued to talk over them versus waiting her turn, such as Mike Huckabee and and Ben Carson done, um, both did. And I was just absolutely turned off by by that. Um, Just listening to her talk, and listen to her address questions, she definitely came, tried to come off as being presidential. But I think that she just didn't, to me, she didn't come off as being genuine or, or authentic. Yeah. That's um, the word. You know, I thought she just came off as trying too hard um, to be seen or be present, to make sure her voice was heard. And I think there's a, a way to go about doing that. She was the only female on the stage. So, by default, similar to Ben Carson, you will be noticed. Um, So, when it is your turn um, and not not rudely over-speak other individuals and try to be forceful, um, just wait your turn. And when you give
1: your turn, just be genuine and authentic. So, those were my thoughts on how she did. And I guess, too, though, she had to make make it known that she wasn't going to bag down and she wasn't going to be shortchanged. So, she just had to go hard and be aggressive, so maybe she was coached on that as well.
0: Oh, I agree with that, but, but I mean, you got Ben Carson up there who who makes his – when he speaks, he's heard, you know, so there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. Um, there's nothing wrong with uh, making certain that you show that you can play with the big boys, but, I mean, just just find a better approach to do that and not appear to be uh, out of control, hashtag Jim McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on. Uh, what what do you guys think of
2: um, Ben Carson tonight? Go ahead, C K. <laughs> Why are you jumping at me, man? Well, uh, I can go first. I can go first. I can I, I, I'm good. I, I got it. Uh, <laughs> I thought that, that being uh, uh, Dr. Carson, you know, he, like I said, he definitely has some points of intelligence, but as we've stated earlier, you know, that's not what. Uh, gets the sound bites that's not what a lot of people want to run on from seems like from a conservative base uh i, I thought that he did make some sense um I, i'm still waiting on being just to like you said you know jump out there a little bit more be a little bit more aggressive in his stance uh i mean i understand everybody taking shots at the current uh you know commander in chief the current president but man i think it's by, by now, not just from him, but from every candidate, man. Like, we got to move on. I mean, if, if you if we talk about issues and stuff, we got to move on, and we, we got we to gotta make sure, okay, we got all these problems that we need to fix. We need to move on from there. So taking shots at him, because Ben did take, take a low blow by him not being invited to the White House. And, you know, all that really don't matter. That's a hill of beans. But I, I think I'm, I'm waiting on Ben to to do, like I said, he he showed some sparks of life in the first debate on Fox News even though they didn't give him that much time. So I'm still waiting on him to show me some more of those signs of life and those intelligent, more intelligent answers and really kind of come out there and just make his way and push his way to the front. And just, you know, hopefully at some point still realize, hey, man, you know, black lives do matter. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Well, let's be fair. Uh, ben Carson on the Fox debate actually had, uh, he spoke for about, uh, he was in the middle of the package in regards to time. So he... He was given fair enough time on the Fox debate. It may it may appear as though he didn't have enough time initially. Um, throughout that debate, he was given the same ample amount of time uh, as expected. Donald Trump and Jeb Bush at the first debate uh, spoke and was allocated the most time, and that's because they were the two top
1: candidates of that at
0: that time during that
1: first debate. BG, he was definitely no pun intended, a dark horse to even be at this point, but he, he's still hanging in there. But I think that that Ben Carson is too much of a nerd. Um, he definitely has established that he's too intellectual for this group. I think, though, that he, if, if it comes down to breaking stuff down and analyzing situations that he would be the man for, if you listen to some of his responses to the questions, they're logical. They, they make sense. They make more sense than a lot of the rhetoric that the other candidates are throwing around. Um, but I don't think that he can be an asshole enough to be like the, the, the leader of this political system that we have. Um, and I'm just, I'm just not sure that he has that part. I think that is needed to, to, to be in this particular position, but, um, you know, he made a lot of, he made, to me, made a lot of good points and there are actually a lot of people that I know that are really um, buying into what, to what he's talking about. So um, I think he had a pretty decent showing, but like C. Campbell was saying, I, I, I would also, just speaking as a person watching these debates, like to see him be more aggressive and be more forceful uh, with his presence and his presentation. And I
0: follow a lot of the, 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 the political shows. I watch Meet the Press um, weekly. Uh, I do follow the shows. I listen to the CNNs and the Fox News to get a sense of what they're saying and, and ironically Ben Carson has been labeled the antithesis to, to Donald Trump um, and that's what has served him um, uh, that's what, why he has increased in, 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 in the polls uh, people, people like his authenticity and how genuine he is uh, perspective as to how he did on the debate I thought he was – it's obvious he's the smartest person on, on, the, on the panel, period. He's the smartest up there. Um, if he was elected president, I think he would be probably the smartest or the second smartest in our lifetime um, compared to President Obama, who I think at the current moment has been the smartest president um, in our generation, in our lifetime. Uh, but I think I think Ben Carson, what you all lacked and what you all don't see, um, I think, is that he's the most respected up there as well. There's very little attack at him. Uh, there was even a moment in the debate where, uh, when he was talking about uh, not agreeing uh, with President Bush um, to go to war in Iraq, and he basically said, for the record. Uh, I also did not agree with us going to war, and he got to that whole intellectual piece about using intelligence to solve problems. Donald Trump high-fived him and, and, and basically gave him a one of them brotherly kind of high-fives, like, yeah, uh, you know. And I think that gesture from Donald Trump, who is the next person that I want us to talk about, but he's essentially the bully on the stage. He's the richer Incognito. Um, he is the... The sixth grade, the sixth grade bully or the kid that wants to take everybody's money but I um, he he welcomed and he and he shook hands with Ben Carson so I think Ben Carson um, is well respected I think he's the most smartest uh, I think he has a chance to win and if he doesn't win uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a uh, if he was a DP or appointed in an administration just Pure due to his intelligence. So I, I kind of want to watch how he continues along in this debate.
1: He definitely has the stuff and his intellect and, and his ability to communicate and, and break down certain ideas is, is undeniable. So he, he definitely has what it takes. I guess another question mark would just be not having much of a political background, maybe. A knock against him for sure, but in terms of having it and understanding what's going on, and then being really authentic and representative of like everyday people, I think he's the man. But we'll
0: see. If you look at the top two candidates, um, neither neither one of them have a uh, that being Ben Carson Trump. and Donald Trump. Exactly. The one of them have political background, and again, I continue to believe that America is speaking and that's basically that they're tied and they want genuine authenticity. So that's the reason why I actually believe that I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump or Ben Carson became the nominee for the GOP. If they're not the nominee, um, look for one of them to be on the ticket. We'll keep our eyes on it. Uh, Two more people. Uh, Rand Paul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who is Rand Paul? <laughs> Who is
2: Rand Paul? Rand, Rand, Rand Paul is, is that you know the, the kid in the classroom that just want to be heard. He, he's that that guy that he's been there. He, he felt like, okay, I'm on the stage. I got to say something. And I need y'all to hear me. I, I just don't. I, I, I think Rand has, you know, he's had his run in the Senate. You know he got elected during the whole Tea Party kind of era. Um, got in there, but uh, and Rand made one or two maybe comments that that got some applause, and he said, "Okay, maybe he has some somewhat substitute." But Rand is just that dude that's he just there. He, he won't he legalize your he but he—he he, I mean he—he he, he, like like you said earlier, he needs to just go ahead and. I man, I, I know, I know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna get this. Let me go step out the way so somebody else that's more viable can, can, can go on. You know, at least, at least make some, some moves and make some headway. Let, let, let me stop taking up space.
1: The senator from, from Kentucky, he's a, he's a fiery guy, and I think Charles really summed it up in painting that picture of his, uh, like his disposition. And his personality, I think Rand Paul made a statement and has has made this uh, statement a few times about the Washington machine and and wanting to have a different type of politics and all that kind of stuff. And every time he said, it, I'm like, well, man, you you are, <laughs> <laughs> you you are what you talking about. You're you are so what are you trying to What are you trying to convince me of? But. Um. Yeah, I, I don't never really get much from Rand Paul other than that picture of him just being that fiery uh, tea party is type of guy that's just riling up the crowd and, and not really saying something to make them think or, or empower them.
0: I chose Rand Paul in, 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 intentionally, and I chose him really because I wanted to make a point, uh, but he's the guy that, that wants to legalize marijuana and basically ousted Jeb Bush to admit to smoking marijuana 40, 40 years ago. Uh, but the reason I chose him, because he absolutely doesn't have a chance to, uh, to win this debate. He doesn't have a chance to win the GOP nomination. But he does represent 1% of America. And whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, his 1% of America is being spoken about and heard on that stage, which is something that's missing from once again, the, uh, the groups within our community that speak on our behalf. So uh, Rand Paul, uh, will he win? No, but he's symbolic. He represents something, and his 1% is being heard, which is on that agenda. Um, our 1% or our 12% of America, uh, 13%, I think, is our population – In America, um, it's not even being heard on that debate and that concerns me.
1: And I hope that the Democrats and get active uh, for so long, I think they have taken for granted um, that 12 or 13 percent because the the right is so right that they don't have a place for black lives um, and, and brown communities. So I guess by default. The Democratic Party has relied on, okay, well, we'll get their support because they don't have a place on the other side. But um, if, if at any place we should have a platform or someone in a position to to make that voice heard, it should definitely uh, we should definitely see that because the those communities have done a lot to support that the Democratic Party. And so in return there, especially at this time, at this junction where we are, there definitely needs to be um, some representation there.
0: Yeah, that, that, like I said, that 1% for Rand Paul is being heard, whether you agree with, those, with what he's saying or not. At least he's on that stage and he has a voice to be heard. Last person, uh, unless you guys have somebody you want us to talk about, is going to obviously be how did Donald Trump do? Um, tonight.
1: Donald Trump is consistent. Uh, he, he, he is what he says he is. Um, his sound bites and all that type of stuff have been the same. We, we know what he feels about immigration and, and Mexico. We, we know about all that. Um, so I, I didn't get anything different from Trump. He stayed true to form. Um, and he You know, I think the thing to be remembered is that Trump is a businessman all day long. Um, And everything that he does is coming from that businessman's perspective. Um, So my thing with him is, is he going to be able to be a leader of peoples with real issues and some of those issues not necessarily being... um, directly reflective of, of dollar bills um, can he separate business from diplomacy and, and and hearing and addressing the needs of a whole country my big question marks on Trump
2: um, my thoughts on Donald Trump Yale West uh, it's kind of like you say he's a businessman when you watch people in business and when you observe them especially those that are <clears throat> working on multi-million dollar deals and things a lot of times it you know for some it uses intelligence but for some is using a lot of bravado and sometimes whether they make a lot of sense on the front end is that bravado whether you like them or not that causes you to still there's still a figment in in your in, in your in, in your mind in your psyche so even though you want to forget them you still talk about them whether because you because you hate them or you don't like them so that's what keeps him relevant. That's what keeps you know things like that. So he is using those tactics um, here on his debates. Nothing new, nothing we didn't expect um, from Trump. Uh, you know, like I said with him, you know, if you listen to him tonight, he's the he's the greatest leader we did, we we never had in political office over the past thirty some odd years. Because he, according to him, he he was outspoken against everything. He was he, he supported this, did support that. He he, he had delegations going here and everywhere. So according to him, he he's done it all already. We just ain't put him in office. Um, but like I said, nothing new. Um, I, I do think that uh, he did sit back a little bit and hopefully allow some more people to talk a little bit. Uh, but it was still, like I said, nothing new. He still was kind of at the center of attention just because of his tights been saying all night because of the polls and all this stuff. He's still center of attention. But like I said, time is going to tell. Still, in my opinion, whether or not he's actually going to make it in, but will that carry? Because, like I said, once you do get to that point, what are you really going to do? Can you really handle the job? Can you really make the changes that you either have said or you have yet to say? So that's time of tell. Once all the the glitz and glam wears off, what's the substance?
0: Donald Trump is a bully. He's a bully. A businessman. Um, He's definitely, in my opinion, got exposed tonight for his lack of foreign policy knowledge. And it's interesting because I kind of watch body language, kinesiology um, during these debates, and I just kind of watch how he kind of vanishes, disappears during that foreign policy piece. Uh, But anything when it comes to attacking or... Or anything that that, you, that 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 requires common sense, um, or a little intelligence based off of his 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 uh, the group of people he hang around, he's eager to jump in and fo- and, and and have that debate and have that conversation. Long story short, uh, I, I I don't know if it's gonna be able. I don't think he's gonna be able to last too long. Um, if he doesn't begin to present. Um, actual plans. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how his numbers look after tonight's debate because I think this was his worst showing um, from me following him from day one. Um, I think this was his worst showing because they actually kind of sort of started getting into uh, actuals and I am going to be curious to see uh, if America thought he answered the questions or if he was uh, just doing a lot of fluff. So that's just my initial thoughts and my initial opinions. Uh, anything else, y'all? Any any other candidate that you think we should bring up on this podcast? I, to be honest with you, um, it's too many of them. It's 15. Right now, uh, I can't tell the difference between Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio from, from Scott Walker. All three of them the same. Uh, Chris Christie continues to lean on the desk and not stand up. He heavy,
1: man. He's He had a supporter. It time. It's man. Chris
0: Christie's a big guy. Yeah, he is a big guy, but you have to look presidential and stand up. can't, yeah, Chris can't lean on the, You can't lean on the podium uh, the entire time and only stand up when you are addressing the question, that's that's my biggest concern. With him.
1: Chris Christie is is from New Jersey, man. They they like anti-establishment in New Jersey, like so he him. gonna do everything like that you probably ain't supposed to do. I like him. I like him. I like Chris Christie because he gonna say what's on his mind. He
0: gonna say what's on his mind too, and he is friends with with Donald Trump as they walked to the to the stage. They they were communicating and talking. So. Uh, You know, I don't even want to talk about those other guys. Mike Huckabee, um, I think he should go back to Arkansas and continue to to preach at his Baptist church um, because he's done. Um, Like I say, Scott Walker, Marco Rubio, and Ted Cruz all appear to be the same guys.
2: I don't want to talk about Ted Cruz, man. I I started cussing.
1: (laughs) John Cassick. Is it Cassick? from yes. the governor yeah.
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah i do like that
1: the governor guy. of ohio he made a he, he had a, a a good little run there when he was talking about um you know getting in and, and being working working with people from different from from the other parties. is kind of what he said in terms of getting things accomplished so he had a couple of little sound bites like there it. that were um that were they were pretty decent i
0: didn't know if y'all knew this or not but that's actually um, charles Barkley's choice that's who he kind of likes out of everyone. That's wrong. Right. Oh
1: hell! Retract my statement. <laughs> Why? Why? I'm just talking. I'm just.
0: Yeah, I like Charles. Charles pretty authentic and genuine. And, and that—I mean—that raised my eyebrow when I heard that he's supporting me. Does that mean I'm gonna go cast a vote for this guy? Not absolutely not. But it means that I'm gonna try to learn more about him to see what makes him. What makes Charles like him? But. Um, at the end of the day, I thought he had a good showing as well. So uh, anything else we want to add to, to today's show?
1: Nah, we good. I think it was another good debate, waiting to see what the Democrats come up with. I wonder if they're using some strategy, man. I wonder if they're using the rope-a-dope. We're going to let the Republicans go hard all through all the debate. let them have all of the airtime, Find out all their weaknesses and then we'll attack them in the end. I wonder. We only time with twit
0: so we will definitely find out. C. Campbell, how can the people reach? I
1: uh, mean, as
2: always, they can reach me, uh, Instagram and Twitter at C. Frank Campbell. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. So, you have know, got something to say? Got something you want you want to want, want to talk to me about? Hit me up.
1: You better be. Camera. You better be careful, because you know they be coming at you hard with your opinions and stuff. So you better be careful. Yeah. Come on
0: with it. You haven't. They, you, they, they, the people say you neglected them. They say you, you haven't supported and you haven't loved free lunch like you used to love her and the fans. And they <laughs> say you neglected them when you going to make an appearance on the show and. Show the family some love.
2: I, I I'll be back. I got something coming up soon. Uh, so family, don't don't y'all worry. I, I, I text the guys about something we're gonna do real soon in October, and got some other uh, ideas. So y'all y'all be hearing from her from her real soon. So 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 y'all yeah, just just stay posted, stay tuned. in. we'll be back very soon.
0: Yeah, Coach come on the show and he showed love to free lunch and they they starting to like Coach BG
2: yes
1: sir how can the people reach free lunch man they can always reach us www.freelunchpodcast.com also check us out on twitter sometime let us know what you think are we right about the republican candidates or are we wrong twitter free lunch Policy, instagram free lunch podcast and on youtube free lunch tv
0: shout out to the bishop of the black belt what's on your cotton picking peep picking triple x rated attack trump black live matter Kim davis Trump, not knowledgeable foreign policy. Fox was more diverse. Too many, too many people on stage. Ben Carson, the smartest person on stage. Let's get rid of the first panel. And too many people on the first panel. Jeb Bush, Mote, we Rude, Well-Respected, Intelligent, Iran, Nuclear deal, Refugees, Planned Parenthood, Gay Marriage, Immigration, Jobs, Chris Crispy, Best Soundbite, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Mike Huckabee, Seneca. Senator Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Carly Fiorina. Cotton picking, peep picking, triple H rated, misguided mind. This has been a special edition of the Free Lunch Podcast. Uh, GOP second presidential debate. I am tight, tight. BG yeah. and our boy C. Frank Campbell. We are the New South Movement, part of the New South Movement Network, and we are out of here. Hey. Hey.